0: So 7. I titled this one My Pain Was to Comfort, His Passion Is to Save. <sighs> this is out of that notebook I told y'all about. Um, yeah, so <laughs> a notebook that I started writing uh, looked like sermon notes and I'm not a pastor or a preacher. So I um, started writing in this notebook last summer and this was actually the first thing the Lord gave to me that he dropped in my spirit um, when I was in Houston. And it really blessed me. It really blessed me and I had no clue at the time what the Lord was having me get up super early writing pages and pages and notes, going through the word like a mad person. But now it makes sense. Um, now I see clearly Um, It was dark at first, but I just, you know, crazy how the Lord works things out like that. Well, before we get started, let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you for this time. Thank you for your word. Lord, I pray right now that it falls on good ground. Lord, I thank you for every heart and mind and ear that is listening. Father God, I just come against all distractions and disruptions and delays right now in the name of jesus father god i ask right now that each and every person who is listening lord you put a hedge of protection around them father god as they listen to your word lord let your angels surround them and cover them and keep them father let this word fall on good ground lord not to be choked with thorns or be burnt by the sun father god i just thank you right now that it takes root and grows deep in their hearts lord so when they need to use this word it comes right back to their mind in mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. So I'm coming from 2 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3 through 7. Blessed be God, even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforteth us in all our tribulation, that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of God. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so are our consolation also aboundeth by Christ and whether we be afflicted it is for your consolation and salvation which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings which we also suffer or whether we be comforted it is for your consolation and salvation and our hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the sufferings so shall you be also of the consolation a word that pops up a couple of times in this is consolation Consolation comes from the Latin words con which means with and soul which means comfort so consolation literally means with comfort and I just keep thinking about my life you know and the things I've gone through especially coming off of that last podcast episode where I told you a little bit about what has happened in my life with being molested and being raped not too long ago. And I didn't speak about being raped um, until last year at a conference. I was in local conference that I attended of a um, family friend. And I ended up sharing my testimony there. At the end of the conference, because it was two day conference, at the end of the second day, this young woman walked up to me with tears in her eyes and she thanked me for sharing. And she told me how much strength it gave her to share my story because now she could go to her family and tell them what happened to her. A lot of times we get mad at God for tragic things such as rape, molestation, Um Unforeseen car accidents taking the lives of our loved ones and we blame God for it and I often wondered When I saw this movie called break every chain It's I, I highly suggest you watch this movie is it, it breaks me down every single time I've seen it the pastor in the movie because he's talking to the main character the main character is like why is god allowing all this if he's such a good god why would he take my dad away why did he let my dad die the pastor says why don't you realize we have an adversary and when he said that because you know it's kind of hard being a follower of christ when you get that question that's the question That is always as, oh, God is so good. Why does he let people die? Why does he let this happen? Why does he let that happen? And blah, 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 blah. We have an adversary, y'all. We have an adversary. And he seeks to steal, kill, and destroy. He is trying to find who he can take out next. That is his job. That's what he does. He hates us. (laughs) He hates us. In short, he hates us. And his main purpose is to kill us destroy us look what he did a lot of look what he did to jesus he he thought he had jesus pinned down nah not likely sir but he thought he won that one so that question always stay with me why do we always want to blame god for things going on so that actually means that actually means you acknowledge If you don't believe in Jesus, you don't believe God exists and all that stuff. You have for you to blame God means that you acknowledge that he is who he says he is. Because if he wasn't, you wouldn't blame him because y'all don't blame Confucius. You don't blame Buddha. You don't blame Muhammad for things going on wrong. You always want to blame God. So that means that you acknowledge he is who he says he is. He is. I am. He is Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end. The author and finisher of your faith. You acknowledge that and you don't want to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. But I'm here to tell you today he is and he's not going anywhere. Just because you refuse to acknowledge him does not mean that he does not exist. And yes, we go through trials. We go through tribulations. We go through hard things because we have an adversary. Because this world is sinful. Because... We live in a fallen world. This was not the original place that God put us. He did not originally put us in a fallen world. The world was perfect until Adam and Eve sinned. So I have to say that because there's this misconception that it's God's fault. It's not God's fault. He's perfect. He does not mess up. He never lost the battle and he never will. He does not make mistakes. He is the perfect heavenly father. He does not do anything. To hurt you, and that is why we have those scriptures that says, "What the enemy meant for evil, God has turned it around for my good." Genesis fifty and verse twenty. And all things, for all things, work together for the good of those who love God and are the called according to His purpose. Because there are going to be times where things seem to be in a chaotic state because the enemy is trying to destroy you, but in the background, our heavenly Father is working out. Every little detail, every little minute detail that we couldn't even thought of, that we can't even think of, that we've never even fathomed. He's putting it together. So it looks like it's falling apart on one side, but behind the scenes, it's all coming together. And when you get to the final segment, you see how every evil attempt from the enemy actually fit into God's plan for your life. I can't explain it. That's that math that don't be mathing for me. I can't explain it. I'm just a living witness of it. God always does what he says he's going to do. Even when it hurts. Sometimes our blessings are the tears that come from our eyes. Sometimes that heartache was the blessing. Sometimes that fight that broke up the friendship was the blessing. Because Lord, I know I got one. That was a blessing. I'm glad it's over. And I know that person probably listening, but I'm glad it's over. Hey, we was was in there. We were friends for whatever. It's over with now. Bless you. You know, like, it worked out for my good. It worked out for my good. And I pray it worked out for that person's good, too. I do. Everything that the enemy meant to destroy me, has done nothing but worked out for my good because god is not a man that he should lie and his word will not return to him void and if his word says it's gonna work out for my good then doggone it it's gonna work out for my good and i can stand on it bet on that i don't know who that was for but that was not once again on my little script that i've written out for myself when you when comfort comfort means to bring relief to to soothe to bring the body to a state of ease and satisfaction of bodily wants with freedom from pain and anxiety In verse four it says who comforted us in all our tribulation that we may be able to comfort them which are in any trouble by the comfort wherewith we ourselves are comforted of god He comforts us in all our tribulation, all of our troubles, so we can bring relief to those who go through when we come out of the storm by the same comfort the Lord gave to us, by the same grace the Lord gave to us, by the same mercy He gave to us, by the same love He gave to us, and gifts not just past tense, but present tense as well. And He will give, because He does it for us in the future, because He knows we're going to need it too. By the same hope He gave and gives to us, and will give to us by the same power he gave and gives and will give to us for greater is he that is in me than he who is in the world for the same power which raised jesus from the grave raising from the dead that dunamis power which is that power that's in that dynamite that explosive power is living on the inside of me and you there is power in the blood of jesus christ who saved us from sin Luke chapter 6, verse 36 through 38. Be ye therefore merciful as your father also is merciful. Judge not and you shall not be judged. Condemn not and you shall not be condemned. Forgive and you shall be forgiven. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that you meet with all it shall be measured to you again. This verse, verse 38 of chapter 6, really be having a lot of people in the chokehold because a lot of y'all think that has to do with money it has nothing to do with money in a sense it can it can have to do it but let's use context clues here people context clues are the words around something to help us understand the meaning of it if you go to verse 36 and 37 we're looking at actions merciful judging condemning forgiving giving it's not just talking about giving offerings. It, talking about when you give a little bit of mercy, I'm going to give a little bit of mercy back to you. When that person did you wrong and you issued out a, I, for, I, for, I forgive, but I don't forget. Okay, that's a little bit of forgiveness because you still holding a grudge. So I'm going to give you a little bit of forgiveness. Don't you see that Everything we do is connected to something else, which leads into verse five. For as the sufferings of Christ abound in us, so our consolation with comfort also aboundeth by Christ. Because the sufferings of Christ are well supplied or rich in us, so our comfort is also well supplied or rich in Christ. There's an interchange and exchange. Interchange means to change places mutually, and an exchange means to give something and receive something for the same kind of in return these words are synonymous okay basically what i was just saying about that give and it shall be given to you press down with okay all of that there's an exchange and it's like a seesaw if you go up this person if you go down this because you got to give the same it's like oxygen and carbon carbon dioxide i was about to say monoxide (laughs) oxygen and carbon dioxide trees and plants give off oxygen as they take in carbon dioxide we give off carbon dioxide as we take in oxygen so there is an exchange interchange between us and plants this is why i don't understand why we keep cutting down trees and plants like we do because where is the oxygen going to come from but hey y'all real smart people with them science degrees y'all keep going for it Um, I'm just telling you what I learned in in primary school. Plants and trees give off oxygen and we give off carbon dioxide. Therefore, we have an exchange. The same way as when believers go through hard times, trials, and tribulations, we can give encouragement to the world. We can give encouragement to other believers who haven't gone through that, that same thing yet. Just like I have friends who have already lost their mothers. I don't know what that's like, but I know that day is going to come because we're human beings. It's the circle of life. If you don't know what the circle of life is, I highly suggest you go watch the Lion King. Okay? So don't watch the Lion King. You're going to cry, but watch it if you had not seen it. Anyway, everybody should know the circle of life. Anyway, I have friends who have lost their mothers already, who have lost their fathers already. I don't know what that's like yet because the Lord has allowed me to have some more time with my parents. It's not that I'm better than the people who know it just, it's not their time yet. The Lord has not called them home yet to glory. However, there will be a day I'll have to walk that same path that everybody walks when they lose a parent. I know that the people who have already gone through that, who have already walked that path, who are on that path now, they will be able to comfort me because they are already going through it. I know what it's like to lose an ovary. I know what it's like to feel like there's no hope left because I'm almost 40 years old. I've already lost the ovary. And God told me over 10 years ago, I'm going to have some kids and get married to a wonderful man. And I still don't see it yet. I know what that's like to feel like this is stupid. What am I doing? Waiting. Who am I waiting on? It'd be different if I had a boyfriend, at least I have a little bit of hope, but hope that is seen is not hope for why are you hoping for it when you can see it? That's what the Bible says in Romans. Faith. Is walking without seeing. For we walk by faith, not by sight. If I could see it, then why would I have hope in Jesus? But I can comfort somebody, I could comfort a young girl or a young woman who may have had to lose both ovaries, or who may have lost one. Or who may only have a little piece of an ovary left, a little sliver of a chance at having children. And to the women who have had to go through that, I'll say this. God doesn't need much to make a miracle. He just needs your faith. He just needs you to believe in him. He just needs your obedience. Trust him with your life, with your whole life. I don't care how bleak it looks he doesn't need much look at the little boy with with the lunch with the fishes and the loaves to feed and this didn't just happen one time this happened two times one time it was with four thousand and the next, other time it was with five thousand people god doesn't need much from us he just needs us to be willing to be a, a vessel to be used he doesn't need much from us So be encouraged with that. He doesn't need a lot to make a miracle happen. He just needs you to be willing to be used. Colossians 3 and 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom worship and praise comforts during the time of tribulation that's why i can raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemy i can raise a hallelujah because my weapon is a melody and when i raise a hallelujah heaven comes to fight for me because he is jehovah gabor and he fights for me he causes me to triumph through christ he gave me the gospel of peace to cover my feet the helmet of salvation for my head the breastplate of righteousness righteousness for my chest the shield of faith to block the fiery darts of the enemy the sword of faith the sword of the spirit, to chop off the head of the enemy. He girds my loins with truth. He doesn't, he, and you know what? Let's, in Ephesians 6, if you think about it, he doesn't even equip us with anything to protect our back. You want to know why? Because we're not supposed to run away from the fight because if he brings the fight to your front door he already knows you're going to def- you're going to conquer it. you're going to come through on the other side he doesn't need us to do anything just stand and have done all to stand and when the enemy comes in like a flood he has already told us that he's going to raise up a standard against him that the battle is not ours it's his the egyptians that we see today we will see no more forever stand still and watch the salvation of the lord be still and know that he is god endure hardness as a good soldier of the lord jesus christ when you accept jesus into your heart i hope you weren't thinking that you were on vacation until it was time for you to go to glory until jesus come back we got work to do we out here in the trenches we we in the mud We 10 toes down and we're not retreating. We're not going back on what the word of God says. It's a fight. It is a spiritual fight out here. And we get tired. Lord knows I have been tired. I have been tired. I'm tired right now with some of the stuff I'm going. I'm like, oh my gosh, is it morning yet? Because I know you said weeping may endure for the night, but joy comes in the morning. Is it morning yet? It's always the darkest before the dawn just when you think you can't do it no more that's when the lord shows up he may not come when you want to but he he'll be right there on time just like the song says he always comes on time philippians 3 and 10 that i may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings being made conformable unto his death and verse 11, if by any means I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. Because of Jesus, we have the interchange. He became obedient to death, even the death of the cross, so we too can become obedient to death. But through the power of Christ, we are made alive again. He has given us power over death, so we don't have to be afraid. We don't have to fear, fear of death or the grave. We partake in his death and resurrection every time we take communion. Every time we sin, we crucify him afresh. In Hebrews 6 and 6. Just us living every day. Because you know what? To be honest, we sin every single day. We either doing premeditated sin or we sin and we don't even realize we sinning. I I mean it's one of the we premeditated the sin. Or we didn't know we were committing a sin, which is very slim, especially if you're getting real old in the word and you older, period, you know what's right and wrong. Um, but there are some times where we just legit didn't know that was a sin. We didn't. And sometimes we walk right into the sin and didn't even think about it. We're like, "Oh, wait, a minute. This was a setup." You know, but we can run back to the cross and ask the Lord to forgive us and to strengthen us, not in the sin, not to be strengthened in the sin, but to strengthen us to withstand and to retreat because I mean, I know with fornication, it say flee fornication. Why does it tell I think that's the only sin it said to run from. Because you ain't going to run Joseph had to run from it. You think you're better than Joseph, and Joseph got too close to the fire. Bye, child. We're not doing this today. So we, we, we can go. We, we can. we can overcome by the blood of the Lamb through the word of our testimony, and we have that power <coughs> because Christ lives in us. First Corinthians. 15, 20, and 23. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the first fruits of them that slept. For since by man came death, <coughs> by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the first fruits afterward, they that are Christ at his coming. Because of Adam, <coughs> because of Adam's sin, we were condemned to death off top no questions asked because we're his we're his descendants but Christ came to be a propitiation to be our mediator to to take on that burden so we wouldn't have to because that was supposed to be us on the cross that was supposed to be us hanging up there <sighs> y'all the people on the ATVs outside. I, can't, I am not making this up. This is Southeast Georgia at its best on a Sunday. Lord have mercy. I can't even... If you hear ATVs in the background, I'm in Southeast Georgia. Hello. Okay. Um. <laughs> but... Jesus came... I love verse 21. It says, For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. Jesus came to resurrect us because we were dead in our sin. The wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. We're made alive. We are made alive through Christ. You can't be made alive through Christ if you hadn't accepted him. You have to accept Christ. Verse 6 of 2 Corinthians chapter 1. No matter what we go through. Is for your comfort and salvation, which is going to produce in the long-lasting sufferings or trials that we go through. Or if we are being comforted, it's for your benefit as well as your comfort and salvation. That's what verse six is saying because verse six says, and whether we be afflicted, it is for your consolation and salvation, which is the effectual, which is effectual in the enduring of the same sufferings, which we also suffer. Or whether we be comforted, it is for your consolation and salvation. Whether we are being like attack going through trials is for you and whether we're being comforted is for you me being molested and raped was an attack against my body that was an attack against my body because the enemy didn't didn't want to see me walk in the purpose that god has for me so okay let me set her up with this as a little child oh she thinks she's free from this Oh, she thinks she's not gonna come back to this. Oh no, let me go ahead and send this. Let me go ahead and send this um attack out to get her rape and see how that affects her mind. And I said, I am standing ten toes down. I am not retreating. I'm not going back. I'm not going back because of that. Because I should have went back. I should have relapsed on that one. That should have took me down. But imagine if that if if the Lord didn't have me. If the Lord didn't have me. I wouldn't be sitting here on this podcast because I'd be doing some stupid foolishness. I would've went back and got myself caught up in some stupid stuff, but he kept me. He kept my mind. He kept my body. He protected me. He covered me. And if you don't understand it, if you're, if you're scoffing at this, then I don't know what else to tell you, but I, I can only speak on me. I ain't here to put no paint. no. Roses and rainbow, Nah, nah. This out here is serious. Because when you choose Jesus every single day. When you choose to suit up in this armor every single day. You going to get hit. You going to get hit. There's no questions about it that's why you need a strong support system that's why you need other believers who know who know the word who can pray for you you need prayer warriors on your team you what does it what does it matter if you a city girl getting fluid out or whatever that that's stupid okay this is real this is real when you accept jesus as your personal lord and savior the attack is on satan is out for your neck you have got to be suited and booted on the ground like your eyes have got to be discerned you got to have the eyes of christ you got to have the mind of christ because the first thing the enemy tries to attack is your mind and if you don't know the word of god you are going to die out here in these spiritual streets i'm just letting you know you have got to know the word of god you have got to fill up on the word of god because the only the word of god is going to save you it's the word that's why you got to get back in church you have got to get back in church and be surrounded by fellow believers, those who love Jesus. No, we're not perfect. We're going to make mistakes. I'm sorry if you were hurt by the church. I am so sorry if somebody in the church hurt you, but you cannot use that as an excuse anymore. If you got to go to a different church, but you cannot continue to say sister so-and-so was talking about sister so-and-so talking about everybody. And I'm not using that to minimalize your hurt it's just the truth brother so-and-so cuss everybody out he need to be prayed for you might be the person to do that you might take that hurt and that pain that you feel and turn it back around and pray for those people so they can get delivered they don't need to be in church up like that it might be because of you taking the stand in christ that those people actually come out of that sin but when you refuse to go to church because it's a bunch of hypocrites and because it's a bunch of people there that you don't like because they they live in double lives, you're no good to the body of Christ either. You're hurting the body of Christ just as much as they are. We got to stop using excuses to, to excuse why we don't want to be obedient to God's word. God's word says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together with other believers, with fellow believers that is not an option that is a command do not do not when your mama say do not don't you listen okay when your heavenly father say do not why we want to disobey why do we want to do when he says do not we got to stop it's not time to play anymore it's not time to play anymore we got to get back in listen i I try to be the first person there at the altar I, I'm so serious. I try to be the first person there at the altar. I try to make sure I pray before I even get into that sound booth. My worship starts at home. Like Friday night, I start worshiping and get my mind ready for service on Sunday because I don't know who walking through the doors of the church, but I want everybody who walked through the doors of the church. Should Jesus come back during the middle of service, I want all of us to be going. I want the whole building to be empty because all of us going. verse 7 of of 2nd Corinthians excuse me chapter 1 and I hope of you is steadfast knowing that as you are partakers of the suffering so shall you also be of the consolation in conclusion the hope we have is sure and unwavering because we know that as partakers and partners fellow laborers and yoke sharers in in this thing in these trials and tribulations you will also be you shall be the comfort as well in Ecclesiastes 4 verse 9, verses 9 through 10 it says two are better than one because they have a good reward for that labor for if they fall the one will lift up his fellow for if one fall the one will lift up his fellow but woe to him that is alone when he followeth, for he has not another to help him up we can't do this life without each other we can't think about how you feel when you're going through something and nobody knows Think about how you feel when you go through something and you have people there pushing you through, encouraging you. That's why we go through the things we go through. This past year, I was able to look at biblical accounts of Job and Elijah and right now, Abraham. And I'm like, okay, if these people can do it so can i because they're they're not better than me they're no different than i am the lord can use me the same way the lord can use me to drop fire out of heaven which he dropped fire to heaven but the lord can use me to pray and fire fall from heaven the lord can use me to pray and it's not raining for three years he can use me the same way the lord can take everything away from me which i kind of feel like that's what i'm going through right now but hey that's a different podcast for a different day um and run me through the ringer Like he did with Job. The Lord could. Which I kind of feel like I'm there now. Okay you're going to have kids. 15 years later. <laughs> 15 years later. Okay. So I'm going to have kids. huh? I'm still single. Ain't nobody even calling my my phone so dry. It's like by the crumble. It ain't no moisture. Nothing on that phone. Oh. And I lost the ovary. Well, huh? but I look at Abraham and Sarah. Abraham considered not that his body was old. He considered not that his wife was old. You know what that means to consider? It means to make allowance for. He didn't make allowance for his present circumstances to dictate or override what God promised him. He did. Whew. I look to them because that is what the Bible is for. It's God's living, breathing word. It has its own DNA. Okay. But it's people in there, just like you and me who went through similar things, if not the same thing that I can go and say, no, no, no. Cause if they went through that and God did that for them, he can do the same thing for me or something different. That's why We have these stories. That's why we go through these trials. It's not for us. It's for whoever needs it. That's why. So as I come to a close today, I know this was real short. And I didn't want to take too much of y'all's time because I know I can get pretty long-winded. So... (laughs) But I just wanted to encourage y'all to just hold on. What you're going through is not for you. It's for somebody else. It blesses you because the Lord is about to do something new. He's going to do a new thing. And you will see it spring forth. But your testimony is for somebody else to overcome. They're going to look at your life. Your testimony is the blueprint for somebody else to follow your testimony is the blueprint for someone else to follow because jesus died on the cross i know that because he conquered death death cannot conquer me i'm gonna have to be obedient to death one day and i'm gonna have to close my eyes on this side but death does not win on the other side when i open my eyes and i see jesus (laughs) amen death don't win no more death is not going to win fear doesn't take hold of me anymore because my savior went to the cross ten toes down he wasn't afraid he could have been but he still did what he had to do the grave couldn't even hold him so if my savior did that And greater is he who is in me than he who is in the world. I know that I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That's a guarantee. So as I close out. I pray that y'all have a great rest of your week. I pray that y'all have an amazing work day wherever you are. And if you're about to go to sleep I pray that your sleep is sweet. And I will talk to y'all next time.